Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hello everybody and welcome to another sure to be excellent ITAM Review Podcast. I am, as ever, Rich Gibbons from the ITAM Review and joining me today for a, a fantastic conversation, I've got Robbie Plods, who is Global Sales Enablement Lead for USU. So before we get into all the good stuff, Robbie, can you uh, kind of let the people know who you are and where you're from? Absolutely. Thank you, Rich. Uh, thanks for, for inviting me. So I'm the Global Sales Enablement Lead uh, here at USU. So I'm responsible for really um, understanding uh, the needs of the market and helping our product development teams and our sales teams uh, position the products, understand that we are hitting what our um, prospects and customers are looking for and help them build out a better product uh, within the organization and, and helping them understand where it can help uh, save money. And cloud happens to be one area that we're focusing on right now. So we thought it'd be a great opportunity for us to speak here and, and kind of clear the air on, on some of what's going on and, and hopefully help some people uh, out there. So thanks for allowing me to join. Appreciate it. No problem. No, thanks for uh, for, for taking the time and, and offering your your insights. Um, so, so as you say, we're looking at, at clouds, which is it's one of those topics which, on one hand, it feels like it's been around you know for, for ages. On the other hand, it feels brand new and you know and it's constantly changing. So, I think for for the ITAM review audience, you know, there's always something to to kind of learn or, or or improve whether you're you know brand new to clouds or you've been working with cloud from an ITAM perspective for, for several years. Um, and I guess before we get into it too much, we should probably clarify what we mean by cloud because it's one of those you know terms which means slightly different things to different people. Um, so, so for the purposes of today's conversation, we're talking sort of public cloud. So IaaS, PaaS, you know, Microsoft Azure, Amazon AWS, etc. Um, so that's my definition of cloud, which which I now have separate to SaaS. Um, do you agree with, with that as a starting point, Bobby? Uh I do. And that's, you bring up a good point of, you know, we've been talking about cloud for so long because early on SaaS was cloud, right? And, and we all said, well, it's in the cloud, it's cloud. And, and that's where, you know, the, the prolification of, of that came out. But now with absolutely pass, you know, infrastructure as a service, container as a service, those are what we're talking about here, true cloud kind of uh, hyperscaler type um, presentation. So yeah. Exactly. That's um, around the same uh, same belief there. Yep. Awesome. That's, uh, that's a good start. At least we're, we're both both talking about the same thing. Uh, <laughs> we are. <laughs> that, that always makes for a better podcast. Um, so, you know, so the, the people listening to us will will primarily be you know, IT asset managers um, who already have you know, a million and one things to do. There's all all the on-premises vendors. There's there's audits. There's you know inventory and discovery and and all these things. And I know for some people, 
you know, they look at, at clouds and, and they think, well, you know, is it is it actually something that I need to get involved with? You know, there's no, there are no licenses, there's no hardware, you know, is it, is it even ITAM? Um, so I guess that's probably where we should start. You know, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on, you know, the relationship between ITAM and cloud and, and maybe how, how it's changed and how it will continue to change. Yeah, and it, it goes almost to the to the point of, you know, why should you have, you know, some kind of a cloud computing strategy? Exactly. It, it, it's really when you look at it, the growth in cloud spend um, in the size and complexity of FinOps practices, you know, growth in the use of tools and in the sophistication of those tools to handle those complex, you know, multi-cloud hybrid environments has evolved quite a bit over the last few years. And if you're early in that cloud migration journey, um, trying to introduce FinOps practice into that planning stage and and really building KPIs or measurements to incentivize more cost-effective architecture is really where you want to be. And of the many kind of cloud advantages, one of the most, we'll say, compelling is the flexibility and the ability to convert large upfront infrastructure investments to small monthly bills, right? The the shift from CapEx to, to OpEx, really. And other benefits kind of including scalability on the demand through cloud elasticity, uh, agility, the the capability to run applications and workloads at high speed, high high availability. So within this process, you know, you got to consider carefully how it will, how you're going to uphold, you know, security and compliance requirements in that cloud environment. So using public cloud removes most of the constraints we've been dealing with over the last 20 years and in IT. And it makes every asset in your inventory more transitory. So we're moving from a world where we kind of procure everything through a centrally managed process to one where, you know, any of our developers or engineers can lease a number of resources that might suit their needs. So it's really supporting um, that, that growth and that digital transformation, but it bypasses those traditional checks and balances. So um, as we can use those resources for a short time, as we see fit, it really helps to evolve the business's approach. And I think that's where we now say, well, if the business is going to change their approach, then maybe us as ITAM professionals need to change the way that we manage or monitor. And that's where a cloud strategy needs to come into place or cloud management needs to come into a place. Right, I'm with you. So, so kind of what businesses have been doing on premises, you know, it is is more and more moving into the cloud. It, it still still needs managing. It still needs governing. It still needs to be understood and and that kind of thing. And you know, you mentioned FinOps, uh, and you know, that's a, a fascinating uh, relationship with ITAM. Really, you know, over the years, so so it's almost four years now since I did my first ITAM plus FinOps conference presentation. Um, So I've been watching it change and grow over the years. And I think, you know, more and more ITAM professionals, FinOps professionals realise that they they complement each other much more than they uh, should combat each other. Um, And, you know, there are things which ITAM professionals can offer that, that no one else in the business can. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think, you know, to your point that as, as businesses are you know, digitally transforming into the cloud, 
you know, ITAM over the years has changed and, and upgraded itself, you know, with, uh, for example, you know, virtualization. You know, I remember when that came in, um, you know, that move from everything being on a physical server to virtual servers and ITAM, you know, it it kind of rolled with the punches and, and yeah. changed and, and became, you know, integral to managing a virtual estate. Uh, and I guess in many ways, public cloud is, you know, it is like on steroids. And it, and it has, and, and, and really the shift or the, the approach, the approach has stayed the same, but kind of the terminology has, has changed a little bit. So when we, when we were on premise and we had, you know, what you were talking about servers, virtualization, it was more about compliance and making sure that you were using your licenses appropriately. When things shifted to the cloud, it moved away from that compliance discussion to more of a cost avoidance, cost savings, cost planning discussion. So, you know, the compliance piece didn't really go away, but it became less of an issue. And now you're saying, well, to get rid of that compliance issue, we're spending way too much. So maybe we need to control that spend. Well, who can help us with that? Well, the ITAM team, because they have visibility into that. They know how to reduce that cost, how to look at that data. So the the the, the job has changed a little bit. We still use the same kind of processes, if you will, looking at the data in, in a, an abstract way. But um, our approach has, has shifted a little bit away from compliance to cost savings. And I think that sums things up in, in quite a, a, a sort of general sense as well, that um you know compliance it is still important it's still there um but it isn't um it shouldn't be really you know the, the metrics that, that an itam team yeah. uh, are measured on it's you know sort of things around cost management you know, spend efficiency all those kind of things that's where um you know a more modern um business should should be looking i think um, yeah, and it's shifted away from a reactive um, approach to a proactive. You know, in, in the past, you were very reactive. Oh, we had an audit letter, we're out of compliance to now. We need to be a little bit proactive and manage, which is why when we work with a lot of customers to talk about their cloud migration, it's all about planning, right? Getting in front of it and having things in place before you go there rather than trying to figure out afterwards. Uh, you still can, but if you're going through this journey, make sure that you're doing that planning up front. So that's a, a really good point, actually. Cause, you know, most of what we hear and, and we talk about is you know right sizing in the cloud and you know, you know, making sure if things have been over-provisioned, making sure you bring them down to the correct size, etc., which is you know obviously great to do, but in an ideal world, it, you it would never be a, a problem because if you right size on-prem before you make the, the move to the cloud then you know you, uh, you you get it right from day one um, yeah. and and as you say you know itam perfectly placed to uh to help with that and i, I think you know the the conversations you know hardware on-prem is different than in the cloud so you know on-premises you know let's say you've got a sql server that needs 48 cores um it's probably pretty unlikely that if you move out into the cloud that you would need all 48 cores in the cloud still yeah you know, exactly efficient etc so it, it's having having itam as part of that 
planning process for everyone to say, you know, what software is on this server? Why is it on this server? Uh, you know, and does it still need to be there in the same form at, at the end of this project? And I think we've probably all seen, you know, too often the ITAM gets brought in right at the end when it's kind of too late to really do much about it. Um, so I think having, if ITAM can be involved sooner in, in these projects, then, you know, that, that's better for everyone. Well, and a lot of times they're excluded because licensing is a small portion of cloud, a very small portion, right? It's all about services and consumption. And, and a lot of times, um, you know, I work with a lot of organizations where it's shifted away from, we'll say, an ITAM team to a FinOps team, right? Because it is cost and it's services rather than licensing. And they say, well, you know, the ITAM team manages our licenses. These are services that we're using in the cloud. Why should they get involved? Um, and that's the shift that we need to make and, and to understand that there is value that the ITAM team provides into that. And it is in that cost planning, cost savings, and um, understanding if there is a license component, obviously we're the experts on that, understanding you know, those hybrid use cases and, and the benefits of bringing um, your existing licenses, if you will, into the cloud to bring your own license compared to paying for it and being able to do that analysis and say, this is the right approach compared to the one you're using. Um, so yeah, I think that's why we're excluded is a lot of times because it's seen as a services rather than uh, a licensing issue. Right, I'm with you. And I think you know, the point you made there about bring your own licensing, you know, it is for me an ideal place for ITAM professionals to yep. start. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my my background is is Microsoft, so mm -hmm. your hybrid benefit is, is my go-to in in any of these conversations. Absolutely. Um, and you know, if if you're within a business and you know you're in the ITAM team and there's a FinOps team, it you know based on my my conversations with with FinOps professionals, you know the things like Azure Hybrid Benefit or you know IBM Cloud Packs, Oracles. Yep. Uh, allowances and things you know it's not on the radar they're, they're focused on on different things so for an itam professional to, to be able to come in and say look i can see what you're doing in the clouds we've got you know x number of on-prem licenses and we can do a b and c with them which you know let's model it out and let's see if we can reduce the the, the cloud spend you know, that is a you know hopefully an easy conversation to have internally yeah, hopefully well yeah you know and that <laughs> that's when you get in potentially the the sort of the, the politics side of things a little bit um and i think that kind of leads me on to a, a related but but slightly tangential point that finops has done a fantastic job internally um you know within individual organizations it's become very strategic very quickly it's aligned to sea level almost always um and i think that there's a real uh real need for itam to to increase in that area you know and become sort of prove the um the business value that the itam can offer um, yeah. you know, as you were saying, you know, over and above uh, compliance and, and audit defense, you know, they're still important. But, if, you know, if you're talking to your, your C-level executives, you know, you need to be talking about more, um, 
as you were saying, you know, more proactive rather than reactive things. Yep. Um, so do you have any any tips, insights, experiences, etc., on on how ITAM can um, can use cloud to, to maybe further their, their own internal recognition? Well, I mean, yeah, there, there's there's a few things. I mean, depends on where they are in the process. So if we talk about someone looking to migrate to the cloud, how to get involved, then absolutely, you're, you're going to want to um, first, um, in order to successfully kind of migrate that data center, you need to start with two steps. First is conduct the discovery. Um, and then second is really develop a plan. So discovery is essentially, you know, because it helps you understand exactly what's in your IT environment, which you may already know, right? Including information most organizations don't need for day-to-day -day operations. So you're going to want to understand what that is. The second is the planning phase, which once discovery is complete, you're, you're ready to create a plan. Um, so with that kind of newfound view of your IT environment, you're going to be able to determine which systems to move and when. So based on their shared dependencies, um, you know, and when devising that plan, don't think of terms, you know, of moving individual systems, but moving groups, right? So to load a data center migration, um, this is a one-time on budget doesn't disrupt your business. You need to understand the application and the dependencies across hybrid environments, right? You need to create a migration plan uh, that considers those dependencies as well as critical business facts that you know are coming in from the business units that need to be taken into account. And then orchestrate the flow of process, people, and tool, and coordinate the sequence of tasks to kind of um, facilitate that change. So. Cloud migration is, is really, it's a critical milestone in if a company is going through that digital transformation journey, and it's a multi-phase journey that starts with first analysis to identify the right migration approach for those different types of workloads. And the IT team should be preparing for those challenges throughout the journey, starting with gaining a deep understanding of that shared responsibility model, right? It's not something that the IT team can do alone. They're gonna need input from the business units. They're gonna need input from the engineering team, the development teams. So it, it really is around your ability to have the visibility. And I think as an ITAM professional, that's the best thing you can bring to your organization is that visibility into the environment and the understanding of the interdependencies, not only on the licensing side, but on the application side as well. So that's the skill set that most ITAM professionals have, and that's what they can provide to their organization as they go through this. I really like that. I think that laid it out very clearly, Robbie, I think. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, for people that are listening, it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, this is the way it's going. And, you know, taking the time to identify how you can help and and then you know similar to, to what you just outlined there you know going to the business and saying look you know you're trying to do these things i've already got this data i can get you that data you know i i can help the process run more smoothly um you know on budget on on time etc and you know showing the business that the itam is part of uh, you know, the modernization process, the ongoing strategic improvement of, of the business, you know, it, it's not just there to, uh, you know, count licenses, defend audits. I, I think helping people within your business see that, you know, culture shift 
And yeah, and it's all about cloud cost management, really, right? I mean, that's where most organizations are spending their money now. So when you have that increased use of public cloud and it's driving up the cloud spend for organizations of all sizes, and public cloud spend is now a significant line in IT budgets. So, you know, there, there's a lot of estimates out there that you hear about, but, you know, the one that kind of sticks in my mind is 35% of the money spent on cloud services is, is, is wasted spend. So that's a high number. Um, and I think it has to do with that unmanaged kind of move to the cloud and it's the wild west, you know, uh, people are, are able to spin up instances. So you need to position yourself to be able to control that spend and be the person that can, can offer that cloud cost management. And I know it's a bigger issue here uh, in North America. Um, I think, you know, the average that we're seeing or most organizations spend more than $2 million a year. Um, and 20% and of organizations in the U.S. are spending $10 million or more in cloud, where kind of Latin America, Europe, APAC are, are much less. You know, they're uh, $100,000 to a $1 million is kind of the average. So we are learning here in North America as we're booming to the cloud and, and moving really fast. Anytime you have that kind of a boom, the spend gets out of control. Um, it's almost like when software took off, right? Companies were spending until they stopped spending, and that's when audits started. So, um, you know, right now, I, I can guarantee 90% of the organizations out there are overspending on their cloud. It's just because it's unmanaged. Um, so once you put that management in place, you can then show those savings and reduce that cost. So it's not like it's a complex um, thing to solve. It's just something that you have to look at in order to solve. Absolutely. And I think, you know, on a, a much smaller scale, but the, the analogy that I, I always end up coming back to is, you know, these days on a personal level, the, the proliferation of uh, streaming services, Yeah, you, know, you, you start off with one or two, and then there's something else that, that has something. So it's only a few pounds or a few dollars. So you add that one and then, you know, you, you keep doing that and then, it's only after a certain amount of time that you think to yourself, actually, you know, am I even using all these? Are they, have I got the the top plan? Do I need that one, et cetera? You know, and it's hard enough to manage on a household level with you yeah. know, maybe a dozen apps. Um, so when you, when you look at the public cloud, you know, and there are literally hundreds of thousands of services that you can turn on, uh, you know, instantly, um then you know the, the scale of the problem becomes huge uh, and i think from a, a business perspective you know if you've got a, a team within your organization such as the item team who have all this pedigree on premises pedigree with, with SaaS licensing most likely as well now you know it, it makes sense to to incorporate them and, and use them and, and get their insights but I think ITAM needs to maybe be a little bit more proactive internally of, of going to the business and saying, look, you know, you might perceive us in, in one way, but actually, you know, we, we, we can help drive this modernization. Um, you know, and if, if there's no one looking after cloud at all, then absolutely, you know, ITAM should, should pick that ball up and, and run with it. Um, 
and yeah, you know, because you're bypassing those traditional checks and balances that you had. You know, hey, I need a piece of software. Oh, I need to go to procurement, see if we have a contract, order a license. Now they can just go to AWS. Hey, I need an Elastic Server. I need this. I need this much. You know, um, database. Um, we're gonna we're gonna run some tests on, on a new application, and it's gonna ping this server, and they don't realize that they have to pay per you know transaction or something, and then all of a sudden they're running a large data set, and they get a bill, and it's already done, right? They they thought that they were you know doing the right thing, but it, it just goes unbalanced because there are there are no checks and balances. Um, you know they're able to spin it up, and then they get a bill at the end of the month. So. Um, it, it's kind of the approach as well uh, that has shifted. And I think engineers and developers are kind of happy that they have this flexibility now, but they're they're not concerned about the spend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in in the FinOps world, you know, there's there's a huge push to try and get engineers more focused on cost as, as well as functionality, um, yep. which you know is a a story as old as time itself to, to to ITAM people. You know, we've all spent years trying to get the you know the the infrastructure team or the server team you know to please think about SQL licensing. Um, you know, do you need 128 cores in that server or you know that kind of thing? And it's you know th there are experiences and processes um, you know that that can be shared from from ITAM to cloud teams. Um, and I think, you know, e even if within an organization there is already a FinOps team or a cloud center of excellence, you know, building bridges and engaging with them as stakeholders and, you know, making sure that ITAM is part of that cloud center of excellence is um, you know, absolutely something yeah. that, that everyone should do. Um, because, I, I mean, I know we, we kind of said, you know, compliance isn't the the front and center thing which absolutely isn't but it is still a thing you know and cloud does throw up new rules so you know maybe you were 100 percent compliant on prem but now it's gone to the cloud and and various things you know aren't allowed anymore um and i think your your term earlier of, of it being the wild west that there is certainly an element of you know, the vendors, the software publishers aren't really, you know, checking or or enforcing things particularly. Um, so the, there's definitely a, an element, you know, from a governance perspective of, look, you know, let us have sight of what's happening, let us have input, and then if there are errors, you know, we can correct them before it's too late. Um yeah, and I think there's some misperception too. I mean, a lot of IT leaders, they're perceiving, and when we talk about you know SaaS and cloud together, they're perceiving it as a flat growth, where in fact it's more like a hockey stick where you know you have slow and then it just ramps up so fast when you look at application and real application portfolio growth. So um and, and with that, there's a shift away from IT groups within organizations to a more service organization. So you're getting that digital workplace has really replaced the IT orgs. But with that shift, there's a blind spot within organizations around software that's bundled as a service. 
And, and that's where you have procurement and employees requesting services and software that are only concerned with negotiation and signature, and they neglect to concern themselves with the process of the lifecycle management of that service or product. Um, so you need to really, like I said earlier, plan, and, and those migrations can go awry for any long list, list of reasons. Um, but one common issue is that organizations fail to recognize the, the task's magnitude. And, and some IT managers assume that the data center migration is just another IT project, and once they can handle, you know, on top of their regular duties, which they can't, um, and then others underestimate the extent to which the migration issues can slow down their business, which is why you need to include the businesses in that discussion. So, you know, that's where you're, you're starting to look at um, organizations that lack an accurate inventory of their IT infrastructure and application data, you know, um, you may think you have, you know, 1,500 applications until a an audit reveals you have 3,000. Um, so even IT, IT departments that, that suspect they lack complete visibility um, really could, um, uh, really can benefit from this. And it's easy to underestimate the scope of a migration, obviously. So, um, you know, that's why you include the business. That's why you include ITAM professionals, because they are skilled in this type of activity, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there's there's so much knowledge and uh, experience within an ITAM team that that does you know transfer over. You know, there's a, a mm -hmm. lot of, of transferable skills between ITAM and FinOps, and and I think you know that the two worlds are you know coming closer together. Um, and and I think you know from a in a personal capacity as a an item professional i think it, it's good for people to to embrace cloud to you know start getting involved as much as they can just in terms of you know career growth and that side of things as well um you know it it's pretty i'm pretty sure the cloud is going to be around for the foreseeable yeah. future <laughs> agreed agreed it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So I think, you know, businesses, you know, they will be looking for people who can, you know, really address a hybrid world, um, you know, the, the on-prem and the cloud side. Uh, and I think the difficulty for, for ITAM professionals is, you know, the cloud adds more things to your, uh, your plate, but yeah. it, the business isn't really taking things away you know the even even if you're doing a cloud migration you've still got on-prem as well as cloud you know and, until it's finished and in most cases a business will you know they'll never be a hundred percent cloud so you you all, always have all the things that you always have to do are still there plus these new things and i think that is sometimes um is something which concerns people you know they just think I've, I've, i'm so busy already you know adding all this to my um to my plate as well but but in in my mind you know that's when you know you need to talk to your your business leaders about you know investing in the item team uh, you know having a, a business plan to say look you know if you give me another person or if you and allow me to buy this new tool or whatever it might be you know this is what we can deliver for you it, you know it, it's not just oh we can do the same things faster you know it's we can 
um, we can start sharing data with you know the security team, the cloud team, we can help the FinOps team, you know, be more efficient, et cetera. Um, Absolutely. You bring up a good point with security and, and, you know, understanding and getting involved, we'll say even in the contract or the agreements before they're, they're done, because often customers incorrectly believe that the cloud service providers are responsible for security of their hosted workloads. But in reality, it's, it's far more complicated. And, and all of the leading, you know, cloud service providers follow their own well-defined shared responsibility models. And in these models, the vendor is responsible for the security of the cloud platform, while the customer is responsible for anything that's hosted in the cloud platform. So to have that you know, insight or to, to embed yourself in there and say, all right, security team, you're going to be responsible for this in this environment now um, is invaluable when you go into those contract agreements or, um, you know, uh, understanding what you should be looking at in a cloud environment. And should you go for infrastructure as a service platform or, uh, you know, on-premise hybrid mix, you know, doing that analysis will, will provide that value. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, you know, you you mentioned data analysis. You know, these are all areas that ITAM is particularly strong in. Um, you know, we'll have data. We'll be able to obtain data that you know other parts of the business probably can't, or, or certainly not without you know great difficulty. Um, and I think that can be ITAM's. You know, what one of ITAM's real um, value offerings to the business that you know, that kind of data exchange almost. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, you know, it's just understanding more um, how they enable cloud and how it all fits together. Um, and, and I guess I've tied in with that, you know, for the people listening, you know, and they think, right, you know, I, I do want to do clouds. Um, I want to get more involved. You know, we've mentioned stakeholders a couple of times, but who would you say are the you know the, the primary stakeholders? You know, once people have, have finished listening to us, who should they go and talk to, or you know, send a Teams message or you know, Slack message? You know, other other messaging platforms are available. Um, who should they go and talk to first if they want to get involved in cloud more? Yeah, absolutely. So stakeholders, I, I guess it depends sometimes in the business, but traditionally your stakeholders, you're going to have some business stakeholders um, who are are concerned about their applications, if you will, you know, and, and what's going on with their um, processes, their applications in the cloud. And then, of course, on the IT side, you're going to have the IT department, probably the CIO, your FinOps or your finance um, uh, organization because of the tie-in with spend um, is definitely going to be a stakeholder. And then, of course, your ITAM team. Um, and so, you know, I'm seeing this term gain popularity as cloud spend continues to kind of grow as a hockey stick, as I've said in the past, with that trajectory. And business leaders realizing it's an area, if actively managed, where they can deliver cost savings. So including, you know, that FinOps and ITAM team um, and understanding the business needs, understanding executives, the CX, um, what they're looking for. Uh, really, that's your stakeholders. Um, I don't think users are too, too much because, uh, you know, nothing really changes for them in many instances. They're still accessing it, we'll say, through a, a URL just now hosted in the cloud. So um, from that point, you know, you're looking at the business for a usability 
the FinOps and the ITM team for the management of that, and then the finance and the CXOs on, on you know, spend and, and controlling that is traditionally um, uh, kind of the, the stakeholders. And then understanding, you know, adoption of FinOps teams and more structured practice should increase, um, you know, as, as the business sees the need to get a better handle on their cloud spend. So we've seen huge amounts of involvement between ITAM practitioners and FinOps teams in organizations, both large and small. And they need to understand the fast moving kind of transitory resources in the cloud, particularly as cloud use grows so rapidly, this has become kind of an essential skill to every ITAM professional. And the need to understand the value of every IT asset, whether virtual or physical, is required to extend the FinOps practice to better understand uh, the true value IT brings to an organization. So being able to address those stakeholders is really where you're going to prove that value. I like it. So, so the stakeholders there, it's an interesting mix. Some of them ITAM teams will be already quite familiar with, yeah. quite comfortable with, and then others, you know, are, are maybe newer or, you know, people that they only speak to once a year or or something, you know, so. so if- yeah, and I forgot security. I mean, security is definitely a stakeholder in this, obviously, as you're moving you know, um, and they're probably one of the most important because, you know, you're moving from having it within your own walls, if you will, or, or moving things to the cloud or having cloud usage. Security is absolutely, um, you know, essential and paramore because you you really, um, you need to make sure that either it's customer data or your own user data is kept safe and secure. Uh, so that's definitely one that needs to be addressed as well. Yeah, uh, and I think in you know, ITAM a well placed to say to security, look, you know, we can tell you what we've got on premises, what's been put into the cloud. We can tell you, you know, what's end of life, what needs patching. We can, and, you know, and then in an ideal world, you know, with the the proper engagement, ITAM will continue to have that insight into the cloud environment because uh, you know people still need to know, um, you know. You know, there's been a couple of, you know, in the open source world, you know, uh, hijacks or, or breaches where people yeah. need to know, right, do I have this piece of software? You know, where is it? We need to we need to get rid of it or lock it down. Um, um, yeah, you know, ITAM need to be able to see it, whether it's in the cloud or whether it's on prem. Um, yeah. So so I completely agree with, with security as a, a stakeholder and probably you know, uh, a good one for, for ITAM to work with early on, you know, build some, um, you know, mutual goodwill between you doing some projects and then you know, expand that out around the, um, around the organization. Um, well, yeah, because security is a data-driven, um, you know, practice. They, they need to to know what data is out there, where it is, and that's what ITAM can provide to them, right? The, the, the sub package of particular software, you know, the vulnerabilities of, you know, this particular version and, and security team may not have the insight to know where that's deployed. They may have the tools in place, but usually ITAM is the one identifying and really um, providing that information to the security teams to then do their job. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess, you know, one other thing, you know, before we uh, before we close out, one other thing, you know, I'm hoping people listening to us will be 
thoroughly enthused about the opportunities that that cloud brings to ITAM, and you know we'll view it as a as a positive rather than a, a another thing to do. You know, it, it's it's a very positive thing, really. So for for those people, you know how how do you identify areas of, of overspend? You know, where should they go and look first to to get started in in this whole thing? So there's there's really a, a few um, areas that you can look at really to over or to identify overspend. Um, you know, traditionally you can look at you know idle cloud machines. So looking at the usage or understanding that unused user subscriptions or unused resources, um, you know, kind of come into play when you when you're talking about that. But then when you when you look at you know, just like you would look at your on-premise software, you know, is there another option, right? Do I need an enterprise subscription or can I use the other? You have the same in cloud. It's just a bit more complex, you know, looking at should you use a reserve instance instead of a prepay? Um, should you go with one model compared to another? And, and I'll tell you that um, it's getting a lot better with these tools that are available to organizations where they're starting to use AI to understand how to do that analysis to say, if I do this option, it'll cost this much. If I do this option, based on all the data that's gathered and understanding usage patterns, they're able to then identify where they can do those cost savings. So when you look at, you know, no company wants to pay more for cloud services than they really need to. So nearly all companies are saying that they're implementing cost cutting measures. And the measures most often quoted are, you know, kind of around 90% um, was license reharvesting, right? But in the cloud, you really don't have that. So optimizing cloud isn't just about reducing costs. It's about aligning the costs with the business goals. And an increase in cost is not necessarily a problem if it's accompanied by an increase in revenue. So in cloud cost optimization, one of the most important goals is to ensure that the cost correlation with productivity and profitability activities. So for this proactive approach to work, you need meaningful data. Um, so really understanding the data and understanding where um, that data is coming from is going to help you do those cost savings initiative. You know, whether, whether it's to look at unused resources, idle machines, or to go more advanced and look at, you know, do we need to, to change the contract to maybe buy more upfront or prepay or use some reserve instances instead of ones that we're currently using. Um, so it really comes down to understanding the data and, and doing um, and then doing that analysis there. And I'll tell you, it's you don't always need a tool, but it's, it is easier with a tool. Right. And, and, and it is easier when you have that backbone of whether it's artificial intelligence or the visibility of cross um, um, hyperscalers. Right. If you're all in AWS, then you can pretty much run what you need to in AWS, see some cost savings. But if you have stuff in AWS, Google. Azure, then you have to bring all that data together and, and make some analysis on, well, maybe we ship this to this environment, right? Maybe we don't have Oracle in the Google Cloud or we don't have these things around. So you start to then align your business needs with the availability of the resources within the different cloud providers to do that. Yeah, I mean, you made so many great points there, Robbie. Um, I, I... I, I don't know where to start. Um, brilliant. Um, lo loads of stuff in there for everyone. Um, I think, you know, the the point that you made towards the end there about, you know, if you're using multi-clouds, you've got different cloud providers, 
and the example you used, you know, you, you should you have Oracle in Google, you know, the, the ITAM team, they will know that Oracle only recognize AWS and Azure as authorized cloud environments. Mm-hmm. So putting Oracle in Google, you know, is uh, is not the way forwards. A FinOps team, a cloud migration team, etc., probably don't know that. You know, they'll they'll be looking at it just from the what does the cloud environment offer us. So having ITAM involved, ITAM making itself uh, involved in these conversations, you know, before people spend six months architecting a solution. Mm-hmm. And then ITAM going, oh no, you you can't put that there, or it'll cost twice as much if you do. You know, I think using that as an example for their internal stakeholders and saying, you know, even as a, a little bit of a thought exercise, you know, we've got this Oracle environment. If you put it here or here, it costs X. If we put it there, it will cost you know X times four or whatever it might yeah. be. And, and yeah. just showing them, you know, these are the kind of things that we can we can offer, we can help with. And, you know, we all know what the software publishers uh, are like in terms of making changes, moving the goalposts, adding new criteria. And obviously, you know, Microsoft's are, you know, a, a hyperscaler. But Amazon and Google, you know, they are... Uh, you know, they're, they're software publishers as well, really. And, you know, in, in terms of being a hyperscaler. So the, the things that the ITAM, uh, you know, are, are used to uh, on premises, um, you know, they'll be able to identify potential areas like that in the cloud as well. Um, so I, I think, you know, we, we've covered an absolute um, amazing amount of stuff in in this time. Um, I think, you know, for me, the takeaway for for the listeners is absolutely, you know, get involved in clouds. It it is the way forward. It brings benefits to ITAM as an industry and and to each of us as as professionals as well. Um, So, you know, get involved understand where you can add value and then show people within your organization that that's possible. Um, and the, the, the final thing I wanted to pick up on was a point you made, Robbie, about, you know, it's not just about cost reduction. It's about, um, you know, sort of spend efficiency. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's kind of, you know, it's the, the old adage of you've got to spend money to make money. And yeah, and that applies very well to the cloud. You know, if you if you have a a cloud environment, you know that your customers uh, use, then you know the more customers you win, the more your cloud bill will go yeah. up. And and that is absolutely a good thing. And and I think for ITAM, you know, having those conversations and uh, you know w- will only be a a positive benefit for everyone. Um. So so yeah, I mean, I think we're, I'm unfortunately gonna have to end things there otherwise we'll be um we'll be here for hours i think robbie <laughs> well i'll give you one more thing so if, if you want to keep it simple and, and you're just looking for tips to optimize your cloud spend i mean there's five things you can do you can align your budget you can get the right data to the right people at the right time you can find unused or unattached resources you can identify and consolidate idle resources and then you can right size your compute 
computing services. I mean, those are five things that you can do today just to get, you know, some, some tips on how to optimize your cloud spend. So hopefully that helps. And, you know, I, I look forward to having more conversations like this. I really appreciate it. Well, it's a, a perfect end. I love that. Five five tips for cloud cost optimization. Um, yeah. That is literally what people are here for. Um, so so yeah. So so thank you so much, Robbie, for your for your your time and your insights. It's been excellent um, having this conversation. Uh, and as you say, I think there's there's plenty more we can talk about. So so look forward Absolutely. To, to the next one. Um, so so thank you. Um, and, and thank you, everyone listening to us, you know, for your time. I hope you found it useful. If you have any questions, feel free to, to get in touch with me at ITAM Review. Equally, I'm sure Robbie will have no problem with you uh, getting no in problem. touch. You know, email, LinkedIn, etc. Um, you know, any and I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Rich, at Wisdom North America, hopefully. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be it'd be great to have, have these conversations in person. Slash, depending when this podcast goes out, it was great to have these conversations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, um, it, it's it's been been excellent. Thank you, like I said, thank you, Robbie. Thank you, everyone. Um, and I will speak to you on the next one, Robbie. And I'll Sounds good. Everyone else, um, maybe in Florida, maybe on the next webinar or podcast. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. And I will speak to you soon. Thanks, Rich.